0: Everyone knows how to play poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, Get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play. Where to play. And how to play better poker. This is Poker Action Line, the weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez.
1: And thanks for joining us, everyone. Once again, Poker Action Line is on the air here from South Florida. And uh, my partner Joe Rodriguez in the building with me as usual, and uh, we got a special guest coming up on the show. uh, Well, in just a couple of minutes, we'll be uh, we'll be getting to that shortly. But uh, it's Dr. Tricia Cardner, as I mentioned last week, is going to join us. Uh, She is a poker psychologist that uh, is an expert on the mindset of uh, the poker game. And uh, Joe, I, I mean. You know, we have had some people on in the past before, and there are people out there that do a great job of kind of uh, coaching people on that end of the game, but the average player uh, is really not too excited about that side of the game, unfortunately. Well, they, they should be.
2: They definitely should be. If you've been playing this game long enough, uh, you definitely uh, need to have your mind. I mean, listen, this game has the swings, and I'm, I'm very curious to hear what, what Dr. Cardner has to say about that and how she has her clients handle because that's, you know, obviously the biggest emotional factor of playing poker is handling the the, the up and down swings of the game. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and how you, you know, stop yourself from, as the, as the popular saying goes, from going on tilt or barbecuing some chips there, so I'm very curious to see what the doctor has to say about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to her in just a moment. Uh, two stories I just want to touch on real briefly. We'll talk about them later after uh, uh, we get done with Dr. Cardner later in the show, but uh, huge news. One local, one national. Uh, the obvious national story is uh, Mike Sexton leaving uh, WPT after 15 years as the uh, main commentator. Of course, we had Mike on the show just maybe about three weeks ago uh, via the interview I did over at the Seminole Hard Rock. And uh, he has been there since day one for WPT. It's just
2: you think WPT and Mike Sexton, it's like you know, one and the same that, that, ever since they've started.
1: And it really has nothing to do with the fact that he won his first WPT uh, title last November in Montreal, but uh, mainly because uh, a new opportunity for him, and not really a new opportunity because he's been with Party Poker back when they were uh, one of the preeminent uh, online poker sites back in the 2004-2005 area, right before uh, the uh, UIGEA came out and and they left the United States market. But uh, he is going to take over as chairman of Party Poker and leaving his position. And uh, not surprisingly, Tony Dunst is going to step right in and uh, handle the... uh, Play by play and team up with Vince Van Patten.
2: Well, listen, Mike's definitely gonna be missed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That
2: that unique voice of his and how he explains everything, but you know, I just wish him the best of luck over there at Party Poker. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're definitely gonna miss him on those telecasts.
1: And of course he'll be around, he'll be playing and he has been playing very well lately. He made several deep runs here at the Seminole Hard Rock during the WPT series here and i'm sure he'll be playing quite a bit out in las vegas uh a week from now the world series of poker gets underway and uh we'll have fun uh following him he's a- always a great uh mixed games player uh you know uh, Raz and stud and plays a lot of those games as well so i'm sure we'll see him make a deep run there and uh tony does a great job by the way it's uh he's going to step right in and uh and and do a wonderful job funny vince van patten i uh i i didn't realize but I watched an old movie called Rock and Roll High School, which stars the Ramones. And Vince is the star, one of the stars of the movie. It was amazing. <laughs> but I got a chance to see that. i have to bring that up to him next time I see him. Anyway, the local news is really involving a national story, which is the release of the WSOP circuit uh, schedule for next year. And there is no uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club on it. You're kidding. They're going to the Hard Rock. They're going to have two events. Uh, The Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood is going to host an event. And the Coconut Creek uh, venue is also going to host an event, the one in the fall. So, uh, you know, not really surprising. I I did call up there. I was not able to get official comment. I didn't get a chance to talk to Noah. But uh, in speaking with a couple of people up there, uh, obviously they've known about it for a while. We're just hearing about it, and we were dead shocked not to see them on there because they've been there for seven years. But uh, unfortunately, they're a little uh, venue that doesn't have tie-ins with a lot of other places, and it only really makes sense to go to the Hard Rock, be able to expand into Tampa and uh, maybe a couple of their other uh, venues around the state of Florida. Um, Obviously, the Hard Rock, the funny thing is... is It's
2: still a kick in the ass.
1: It it really is. Uh, But the WPT has been so involved with the Hard Rock. Now the World Series of Poker uh, is involved with them as well. Is that okay with the WPT? Who knows? I never
2: thought that they would be there. But, uh, wow, with with the job that Noah and his staff have done up there at the Palm Beach Kennel Club, this has to definitely come as a major kick in the ass for them. You know, the
1: last two years they've expanded to two events, and the fall event never really was great for but them. But the
2: February event has just gotten bigger yeah, and better bigger. every year.
1: Of course, they had that huge one uh, a few years ago with the people uh, fighting for seats out in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> day 1C, uh, I think. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they were thinking about not doing the fall one. And then when they brought that up, there was a discussion about, oh, well, there's going to be a difference in your in your rates and what you're paying and that sort of thing and uh i think they were just kind of saying well maybe it's run its course and and i'm sure that there was some pressure you know the hard rock obviously wanted to get their way in there and uh you know there's obviously some uh great well, benefits for the wpt to be or the wsop to be involved and maybe even cut out the wpt who knows
2: well yeah that that's that's to be seen whether <laughs> that's
1: part of the deal that they've made there
2: with the hard rock but uh you know like i said uh, being a former manager down, a poker room manager down here, I know the numbers that they were turning up in in the, in the short month of February, and you know their their revenue increased by over a million dollars, you know, uh, from the time that they started this to to the year before before they. Uh, had this tournament there, so absolutely, I'm very curious. Hopefully, we can get know or somebody from his staff. Yeah, on Yeah, we'll here see, see if they want to talk
1: about it. I think right now, right I think right now they don't want to talk no, about I it. So uh, they, we'll yeah. see what happens. Anyway, uh, let's get to our special guest, uh, Dr. Tricia Cardner, and uh, she works with a lot of the big names in the business. Uh, has written two books with Jonathan Little and uh, has done some uh, stories recently, some articles she writes on Poker News and, and different places. She has her own podcast, which uh, just joined the Hold'em Radio Network. Doctor, uh, thanks for uh, taking some time to be with us tonight.
3: Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on.
1: Really have wanted to have you on for a while, but, uh, you know, I always, uh, I'm always, i kind of a procrastinator, and I'm just getting <laughs> to you now, but uh, better late than never, I guess. And uh, I've been reading some articles recently that you've written uh, very interesting uh, interview with Matt Berkey that uh, is on Poker News now. Uh, the goal-setting article with Daniel Negreanu, and I want to talk about a few of those things and, and some of the other things you're doing.
3: Perfect. Sounds like an awesome discussion for all to hear right before the World Series.
1: <laughs> well, you heard what I said to Joe, and, and let's start there, that most people uh, don't really uh, probably think a lot about the, uh, the their mindset uh, we all know about spewing chips and going on tilt and things like that, but it's a lot more than that. It's really a, an entire uh, outlook on the game, how you approach it, that affects the way that you play.
3: Absolutely, I think that the mindset is critical because it sets you up to, you know, have profound study sessions. It sets you up to set goals, uh, manage your stress, anxiety you know, besides all the tilts and the variants, it's all this other stuff. It's like if you are setting yourself up to be a successful person, you know, having that success mindset, it's going to translate whether it's poker or business or athletics, whatever. So I think that, you know, by ignoring it, people are just missing out on a whole lot of information that while it's, Simple in nature, a lot of it. It's not necessarily easy to apply, but if you can wrap your head around some of this stuff, I think you can see tremendous
1: gains. Well, I think the average person starts out just, uh, you know, playing a few cash games at their local casino or card room. Uh, maybe for years played online. Maybe are still playing online, depending on what state they live in, or if they decided to move to Mexico or uh, Canada. But uh, you know, if you take it really seriously and you're making it a business, whether it's live or online. Uh, You have to look at every angle, and and certainly, while overlooked, this is a very important part of of, of, of the business.
3: Probably one of the most important areas, if you are, as you say, going to make a profession or business out of it, because if you don't have proper mindset, then are you really going to be able to even put in the work to get your knowledge base to the level it needs to be at? There's a whole realm of psychology around expertise development. And now we're getting to the point where we see that expertise development is not just about putting in a certain amount of time studying. It's how you actually structure the time and it's changes that happen in the brain, which are actually physical changes. So if you don't have proper mindset, you're probably not even going to be able to get your strategy to a point where, you know, you can achieve success.
1: Well, one of the things in our brief uh, back and forth on, on the email uh, before you came on, you let me know that, that, uh, that not only are you, uh, you know, a poker coach as far as uh, the mm-hmm. mindset action goes, I don't know if you call yourself a coach, uh, but certainly uh, you've been a psychologist for years. And, and mm-hmm. I'm curious as to how you uh, transferred that to, to mainly poker.
3: Well, what happened is, like many of your listeners, I was bit by the poker bug some years ago. So the boom came into existence, and shortly after the boom, I got married, and my husband was in the military, and we got stationed in sort of a a rural frontier sort of uh, area known as Cheyenne, Wyoming, and there wasn't too much going on. So some of the guys in his uh, unit were playing poker, and I'd never played cards before. But I was really interested, even at that time, in, you know, peak performance in various areas. So I decided I would tag along and see, you know, what this card game was all about. And uh, as soon as I sat down, I saw it was really a great blend of math and psychology and people and, you know, of course, I didn't know a thing. But uh, once I realized that, I just was like, you know what, I'm going to learn this game and study this game and just the idea that I could... Show up to a casino and play some cards and make money was just, you know, I loved it. And the idea that you could really study and get good at something, I was really, you know, taken with that, too. So I'm not going to lie. I was hot nuts. You know, I didn't know anything about poker. (laughs) And the first book I ever picked up was... I can't remember the name of it, but it was a little paperback, and it was by Phil Helmuth and he talked about people being like the eagles and lions and I don't know what all rats and tigers, whatever. But um, I read about, I don't know, 50 or 60 pages, and I just remember thinking, this guy doesn't want me to play any hands because his basic message in this book was that if you're reading this book, you're just too stupid, like you don't know anything, and you should only play, (laughs) you should only play like the top, I don't know, 4% of hands or something crazy, (laughs) so uh, I don't know if you guys know the book I'm talking about. Uh, Play Um,
1: play Like a Pro or something like that, one of his first ones, I think, maybe?
3: Yes, yes, and it was, you know, no matter what position you're in, you know, you only want to raise 10s plus, and you know, maybe ace king if you're feeling froggy. Um, you know, this is, I may be mischaracterizing this, but this is what I have. That's what in you my took mind, away. Is, that's
1: what you took away from me.
3: <laughs> and you wouldn't be the first person
1: to be discouraged from playing poker by Phil Hellmuth.
3: <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I need to get it together and find uh, some other sources of educational material. And so that's what kind of propelled me along the path to learning a little bit more and meeting Jonathan Little, and you know, it all evolved from there. But I was quite taken with poker, and then just. Having my psychology background was just a no-brainer.
1: And uh, you are a player, as you mentioned to me uh, on the emails. Then uh, you plan on playing uh, for the tenth year out at the WSOP mm-hmm. uh, starting next week. I guess the uh, you're playing in the tag team. Was that, that with Jordan Young?
3: Yes, I am. I'm really excited about it. Last year was the first year, I believe, that they yeah, done the yeah, tag team.
1: That's correct. And, 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 and Jonathan, do... Jonathan played with his parents.
3: I know, and they made the final table. And I actually love his parents. They are darling people. And I said to him, How come you guys didn't have me on the team? I wanted to be on the team. And he said, Well, I didn't know you wanted to be on the team, you know, or we would have let you. So that's my. I'm, well, good, story. good thing you didn't say,
1: You're not, because you're not in the family. That's why.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, actually, I'm good friends with Jordan, and he's an amazing tournament player of course, online and live, and I asked him if he would do the tag team with me, and he so graciously said he sure would, so we well, doing it. Well, in,
1: uh, in uh, reading your Matt Berkey article, I uh, came across their podcast, which is called uh, mm-hmm. Solve for Why, and uh, mm-hmm. I went and watched the uh, first episode, and, of course, Jordan is on there with, uh, uh, with Matt and... Uh, Christian Soto. Christian, yeah, Christian Soto. I was going to call him Chin, which which is what they call him. But uh, Christian Soto is the third person on there. And it's really a great podcast. I highly recommend it to people to go check it out because it's just basically, uh, well, the first episode was about Matt playing out at LAPC and uh, mm-hmm. how he did out there, and he basically talks about a few hands, and it's just, it's not real highbrow where uh, you get bored real quick, it's, uh, it's just them talking about a few hands, showing a few things, and and uh, showing what the poker player does, so it's very down-to-earth and natural, and, and it's a great uh, program.
3: I actually went through uh, the Salt for Y Academy with those guys, and even though the the podcast. I guess the technical term for it is blog because they're yeah, video and they're yeah. right. Um, but even though on there, I think they make it very accessible. If you go to the Solve for Y Academy, if you ever get the chance, I say definitely do it. But I don't know. It was it was life changing. I know it sounds like hyperbole, but it was life changing.
1: Well, you have a podcast as well, uh, as I mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, called uh, uh, Poker on the Mind that people can check out on the Hold'em Radio Network, uh, the same place we are, and the Up Podcast, and a lot of great podcasts, so uh, I would suggest that people check that out, uh, hold'emradio.com. But uh, tell me a little about how you got into the uh, radio side of the business. Well, it's
3: like everything I do in life, I sort of just... You know, I'm wandering along, and somebody asked me if I want to do something, and I'm like, sure, okay. Uh, So, I initially was podcasting. I got my podcasted for a little over a year with Elliot Rowe, and we did the Mindset Advantage podcast where we were interviewing really great players like Brian Rast and, you know, Daniel DeVores, Ike Axton. I mean, we had all sorts of Daniel Negreanu on a couple times. We We had amazing people. But then I've shifted gears a little bit now because I'm doing a podcast with my friend Gareth James, who's known online as Gazelig, and we are actually answering questions. So we'll do a strategy question and we do a mindset question because we just get so many questions from people. And a lot of them you know, come to me through Twitter, which I really love and appreciate. But it is hard to answer things in 140 characters. So I asked him, hey, you want to do... a you know, a Q&A type show? And he said, yeah. So that's what we've been doing. And okay. I really think it's valuable because we try and keep them on the shorter side. So we try to keep our episodes at half an hour or less. And we just answer, you know, questions that we get. And it's not like super highbrow or anything. So, you know, we just try and give people step-by-step instructions, whether it's strategy or mindset, and let them take it from there.
1: Before I get to your books and a a couple of uh, articles on the mindset of the game, uh, Mm -hmm. let me just ask you about playing one more thing. Uh, uh, You're playing in the tag team, which starts next Wednesday, May 31st. Uh, How many tournaments are you going to play out there this year, and do you spend the whole time in Vegas uh, maybe coaching people or or, uh, kind of uh, (laughs) answering questions, that sort of thing?
3: Uh, Well, when I'm in Vegas for the series, I play pretty much every single day. Wow. And just FYI, I do want to clarify, we are playing the 1,000 tag team, not the 10,000. Oh, okay. So
1: that's not the one that starts Wednesday then?
3: No, but I will be there on
1: Wednesday. Okay. Okay. Uh,
3: But I just won't. Yeah, that's a little too rich for my blood.
1: Yeah, I I hear you.
3: Tag team. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I'll get out there and then I will. I look at all the different, you know, festivals, if you will, that are going on. And so I will play a lot at the Rio, but I also like to check out the. Wind, the Venetian, Planet Hollywood. Sometimes I even toddle down to Binions and play a thing or two in the summertime. So yeah, it's it's minimum forty days straight of poker and that's just the way I like it.
1: Well, as far as books go, uh, you contributed (laughs) to Jonathan Little's Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. And then you got into uh, a situation where you were the co-author on two of his books, uh, Mm -hmm. or or he's co-author on two of your books. I don't know which. uh, But one (laughs) is called Positive Poker, A Modern Psychological Approach to Mastering Your Mental Game. Uh, the newest one is called Peak Poker Performance, How to Bring Your A-Game to Every Session. And those are both available, uh, I guess, anywhere you have uh, books, but, uh, uh, books for sale, uh, whether it's Amazon or a uh, brick-and-mortar type uh, bookstore. Uh, but uh, tell me a little bit about uh, you know, uh, what you talk about. I know that uh, I have a list here of some of the things you cover in Peak Poker, and, and certainly it can help you not just in poker, but maybe in all parts of your life.
3: Absolutely. Peak vocal performance is a lot about goal setting and having a vision and how to deal with negative feelings. And there's also some good stuff in there on the brain and how that operates and how you can optimize it. And I think that word optimization or optimize is really central to my focus because I really like to help people optimize and get better and get the most out of their study time or their playing time, you know, just their mindset in general. So that's kind of the basics on uh, peak poker performance. Positive poker, and I'll tell you, that's a lot of peace. But uh, positive poker, (laughs) that actually grew out of my dissertation. So for my dissertation for my doctorate in psychology, I did a study, and it was called Very Craftily Peak Poker Performance, a Qualitative Case Study. And I interviewed tournament players exclusively, but it was all seven-figure plus. You know, winning and interview them about the various psychological factors and attributes that they felt contributed to their success. So that's what positive poker is about. Peak poker performance is more of a coach in a book, if you will, because there's a lot of exercises and strategies and things like that that I lay out and people can, you know, easily read it and put it into practice if they want to. Doctor,
2: I wanted to ask you, um, being that you've, you know, studied a lot of these players and they've come up and asked you to work on their game when mm-hmm. I, i've always believed that uh, especially when you see certain tournaments that you'll see like uh, certain players go on a what they call a, a you know you know on a hot streak they're on a hot run they're doing they're performing outstanding at all different tournaments making final table after final table and i've always been of the belief that it seems like you're seeing everything clear is this Is this part of some of the teaching that you have, that you get into that mindset? You know, because I think it's obviously just the opposite. When everything is going wrong, you're just not seeing anything. And Mm -hmm. I've always told people, you know, they're always saying, well, it's the run of cards. But sometimes it's how you you approach the, the, the game, because I know I've seen that in my game over the years, you know, when I've had my limited success that it's gone for a couple of weeks. I, I, it seems like I'm seeing everything so clear. Everything is coming so good. Is that something that, that you touch upon with some, of, with some of your clients?
3: Absolutely. And I think what you're talking about is playing in the zone. That's the term that we like to use in peak performance work. So when you're in the zone, you're really picking up on all the cues that are around you, you're making things happen. And then when you're not in the zone, you know, you just, it feels like everything is against you. So I feel like you've really picked up on an important area of mindset. And now the trick is yes, no. to do it consistently, right?
2: Yes. Well, that was my question. When you fall out of that zone, because you just said that when you're out of the zone, it's so true. You know, I wasn't even thinking about it, but yeah, you're not picking up on little tells, mm-hmm. just you know, little twitches in your opponent's game that that. That when you're on, you know, when you're in the zone, you're just it. It it just seems like it's blown up. Yeah, it it
1: comes and goes, and for me, mostly it goes.
2: And and I'd like to know (laughs) how 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 do you respond to to a client who's asked you, hey, how do I kind of get that mojo back, or what do I, you know, what steps do I need to take to try to get that mojo back? Okay, well, there's
3: a lot that goes into this, but I think first is you have to make sure that your strategy is on point point. and I think what happens to a lot of people is it's very easy to plateau and I've even seen this with myself where I'll, I'll learn and I'll think oh yeah you know I learned this new strategy and I'm going to go and try it and, and I try it and everything's cooking and then and then maybe you know it, I fall off the wagon it doesn't work anymore you know at least for a while and then I start to lose confidence and then when you start to lose confidence then you're afraid to pull the trigger and maybe you even stop learning. So, you know, poker moves fast, especially nowadays. There's training sites, there's videos, there's books, you know, everything's available for podcasts, blogs, whatever. So you got to really keep up on your strategy. That's one. Two, you have to really make a commitment to I'm going to wrap my brain around that I can only control, you know, the choices that I can make right now. There's a lot of parts of the game that are not in your control So what you want to think about is what parts of the game are within my control and what are not. Because if you're focusing on things that are not in your control, then you're just fighting an unwinnable battle. And why would you do that? But if you try that, you're definitely going to be off your game. You're not going to be in the zone. So being in the zone is about – it's a flow state. That's another term we use in psychology. It's about being really focused. It's about having a clarity of vision. So I advise my clients to go into every session with some sort of goal or vision for how they want the session to go. I advise them to have certain things that they're really paying attention to. You can't pay attention to everything. So pick out a few things that are most important to your particular game. You know, you can even measure and track. When you are in the zone, look at what you're doing specifically. I keep notes of that. And then when you're sort of in a funk, go back to that list and start doing those things and act as if you are focused and calm and cool and collected and get in that zone.
1: Speaking of uh, teaching websites, you have a uh, site, uh, an online course called a Rev Up Your Poker Success that mm-hmm. people can take for free. And, and I would suggest that many people take a look at that before the series starts. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you put that together and what people can learn from that.
3: Well, that is basically a course that will teach you how to get your goals in order because a lot of peak performance comes through setting and achieving goals. But unfortunately, most people have only heard, you know, a very little bit about goals. Like everybody's heard of SMART goals before probably. And, and yes, that's all well and good, but I don't think it's the most helpful information you can have about setting and achieving your goals. So we know a lot now in psychology, because research has been done, on the best, most optimal way to set and achieve goals. And so I just broke it all down into these short videos. And people can sign up for the course over at PetePokerMindset.com, and it's called Rev Up Your Poker Success. And you just go through that. It'll take you a little over an hour to do the videos, but then it'll take you a little time off table to, you know, actually do the homework where you set and your goals and, and work towards it. But I think, you know, goal setting is always the first step to peak performance.
1: Well, one of the things you always come back to is the goal setting, and I think rightly so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the article that you wrote uh, a couple of months ago about uh, Daniel Negranu and his goal setting really was, uh, as he put it, uh, really one of the most important things. Uh, at the top of his list that has made him so good for so long as he wrote uh, tell us about uh, what you took away from that uh, discussion
3: well i I enjoyed talking to daniel because he is such a positive person and obviously he's been around poker for a really long time and he's made a lot of money and he's been you know very consistent and he attributes his success to a variety of factors so I just ask him, hey, what do you think is the most important stuff? And one of the things that he did say, you know, was goal setting, obviously, because I think that's like the base of your pyramid. So if you don't have clarity of vision, then you don't know what you need to be doing every single day, right? And if you don't know what you need to be doing every single day, it's very easy to procrastinate, which is something that you brought up at the top of the show. And so procrastination obviously doesn't get you where you want to go. So I think really getting clear, and if you are going to the World Series, you know, get clear on exactly what it is, you know, what games you want to play, what your goals are for yourself, and I don't think it should be, I want to make X amount of dollars, even though we all want to make X amount of dollars, right? Okay. But the goals need to be more like, you know, my hand ranges that I'm going to play, or, you know, just different things within the strategy that you have control over, You know, and it could even be as simple as eating right, sleeping well, you know, getting all that stuff in order. Those are good goals, too. And I recommend that people do have an a.m. and a p.m. routine. So the a.m. is the morning where you have a routine where maybe you eat and you do a little meditation and you kind of, you know, set yourself up with a little power mantra for the day, whatever you want to do. And then also in the p.m. have a routine where you wind down so you can get a good night's sleep. But all that sort of thing would be the kind of goals that you can set to make sure that you have a wonderful poker festival.
1: We need to take a break on the show. Can you stick around for a few more minutes,
0: Doctor? Sure, absolutely.
1: Okay, what I want to talk about when we get back, and uh, if you want to take the time during the break to uh, uh, refresh yourself on it, because it's an article you wrote about two years ago, but it, it was uh, called Playing in the WSOP, Be Psychologically Prepared with These Five Tips, and I want to run down those tips and uh, see what people can take away heading into the series. So, uh, awesome. Stay on hold. I'll be right back with you. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line. Uh, Dr. Tricia Cardner, our guest tonight. Very interesting guest, and certainly uh, enjoy talking with her. And
2: uh, I, I feel like I'm in session with her. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs>
1: but it's such an important part of the game Uh, you know people overlook you know all you think uh did i make the right decision in this hand or that hand but but the whole process of entering it with the right uh mindset is is so important let me
2: tell you and i love her advice about writing every when you're in that when you're in the in that groove and in the zone writing down everything that you're seeing so clear so that way when you when you get into a funk as she said you can go back and look at your notes and see what you were doing so well then
1: Okay, well, let's take a break. Uh, You can always pick up the show, obviously, on our website at pokeractionline.com. Of all the previous uh, shows, you can go back in the archives and look at any of the great guests that we've had on, Uh, this just being one in a long line of many, I tell you what. But uh, also, we are on Hold'em Radio Network, holdemradio.com. They usually give us a very nice... uh, uh, time frame, usually on Friday or Saturday nights uh, in prime time, so uh, check that out as well, or you can get us on Stitcher or any other places you get your podcast, or simply uh, download us off iTunes as well. Uh, we'll be back with Dr. Trisha Cardner. Finish up with her when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line, coming to you from South Florida, and we'll be right back. This is Poker Action Line.
3: Welcome back to Science Today. And we already have our next caller. Welcome. Who's this? Hi, I'm Philip. Hello, Philip. You sound really young. <laughs> not really. I'm nine. Oh, wow. You're still in elementary school, right? Does that matter? Oh, no, not at all. What's your question?
1: Well, I know the molecular formula for water is H2O. I also know that hydrocarbon is CH3CH250. H three. Glucose is C6H12O6. The general formula for an alkene is
3: CNH2N plus 2. But what I can't seem to find is any scientific formula for Bob. Bob? My goldfish.
2: Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA.
1: Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe. On Poker Action Line with our special guest, Dr. Tricia Cardner, who joins us from her home out in uh, Texas. And she'll be heading out to the World Series of Poker, obviously not just to play, but uh, to also write and and uh, do her podcast and a few other things. So, uh, Doctor, again, thanks for being with us. And before I get to this article, one of the great interviews, and I, I know that you learn so much from talking to these players, as I've done over the years. We've done this show for seven years, and uh, you've dealt with uh, Jonathan Little and Helmuth and Negrano and all those. But a lot of players maybe that people haven't heard of, uh, one of the great ones I saw today was uh, a fellow named uh, Evan Jarvis, who's known as Gripset online. And he Mm -hmm. talked about, uh, you know, heading into the series, things that you should look at and concentrate on. And uh, one of the things I took away from him is how important uh, the health, exercise, uh, getting good sleep, uh, eating the right foods, and and that kind of uh, outside preparation is so important as well.
3: Agreed. Especially if you're going out to the series for any amount of time, even if it's a week or two weeks or the whole series, It is a very intense time. So, you know, if you're playing the tournament, you cannot count on, you know, when it's going to end. And hopefully, you know, if you're playing the daily deep stats and you make the final table, you're going to start at, you know, 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and it's going to play all through the night because those fields get really, really large. And if you final table that, it could be 7, 8, 9 a.m. So you play through the night. And you might even do the same thing if you're playing cash because there's so much cash to be made out there. So you want to beforehand preload with your sleep and your diet and exercise. And while you're there, you still want to eat a healthy diet, exercise, yoga, you know, all that kind of stuff because your physiology very much drives your psychology.
1: And and he talks about how uh, WSOP events are a marathon. You need the stamina. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, there's good time Charlies that go out there and go to shows, stay out to clubs till 5 in the morning, uh, get up uh, hungover and try to play an event. Uh, But he talks about, you know, know, maintaining your passion by concentrating on the poker, doing your cardio Mm -hmm. and exercise, uh, getting ready for the series. And then uh, playing events that are most important to you, which is uh, the choice of uh, what you want to do in the series, is is also very important.
3: Absolutely. And people can start right now by thinking, you know, which games do I actually want to play or which events do I want to play? There's, you know, all over online. You can find various calendars that list out all the different festivals that are going on there, and you can just pick and choose what's most important to you. Because I do think, even though I go out there and I like to play, you know, 30, 40 uh, events in a row, you know, that's crazy. Actually, I really probably shouldn't do that. Uh, I should probably take a day off here and there, but, you know, what can I do?
1: I love the <laughs> poker. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, having fun is, is your number one tip, and that's something that uh, that, that Evan talked about. He said, uh, you know, you got to enjoy the journey. And uh, <clears throat> whether it's a business for you or if it's just something you go out and for a wee- as a weekend warrior and do for fun, That's the most important thing, really, is number one, to have fun.
3: Absolutely. It's one of the four basic human needs, according to William Glasser, who's one of my favorite psychology theorists, and he said belonging, power, freedom, and fun. And so I like that focus on fun. And what's really neat about the World Series, at least I remember when I was first getting into poker, my very first World Series, it was amazing that I could just be there and I could see all these people that I had enjoyed watching on TV or had listened to them on podcasts. And you can just go right up to them and, and say hello. And, you know, for the most part, they're very friendly. And you can't really do that. You know, I would love to go right up to Steph Curry and be like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> but that's probably not going to happen. But in poker, it does. And I think that's, that's a lot of fun, you know.
1: Yeah. It, to speak of that specifically in this article, uh, after having fun, you talk about learning as much as you can and that you you sat down at a table. And to your right was Havad Khan. And to your left was the grinder. So that's uh, yes. you know that is a real grind uh, to, to put it uh, mildly. But you said instead of uh, being intimidated and scared away, you looked at it as a way to uh, to improve your game over the long term.
3: Absolutely. When you are on a table with these better players, you can watch what they're doing and see what you can pick up. Now, having said that. I remember, I think it was 2010, it was either 2009 or 2010, but I was playing, and I hadn't been playing all that long, maybe just a couple years at that point, but uh, Brian Raft, he came moseying up to my table, and I thought, oh, hell no, this is not (laughs) good, right? (laughs) And I think a lot of the other people at my table probably didn't know who he was, because at that time, he wasn't nearly as well known as he is now, but I knew who he was. And uh, from him, I was like, yeah, I could learn a little bit from him, but I think the best thing to do is try and bust him quick, fast, and in a hurry. And so (laughs) I just made that my goal, and I did bust him out. Wow. And I felt really good about it when he was leaving, and I just said to everybody at the table, I should make you guys take up a donation right now and give it to me because you have no idea the big favor I just did for, you know, everybody at this table.
1: Well, the only problem is you couldn't learn any more from him after you knocked him out.
3: I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. You, know, you have to know when to hold him and know when to fold him, right? Absolutely. And, and there's just, some people. No, I, I don't have time for that. Uh, yeah. The next. I'm Be- oh, sorry. I'm sorry. The next
1: note. Uh, I just wanted to move on. I know we're running out of time, uh, but you you talk about uh, breathing. And uh, yes. this is something that a lot of people do not think about. But, of course, their uh, their actions at the table, their decisions, their tells, uh, a lot of it can be uh, you know alleviated a little bit by uh, breathing in a proper situation. Talk about that for a second.
3: Well, the easiest way to calm your amygdala, and that's the part of the brain that acts as an alarm system. So whenever you take a bad beat or... Something happens that you don't expect that the brain sees you know considers threatening, the amygdala is triggered. Well, what can calm you down is to do the centered breathing. So the easiest way to do it is to inhale slowly for six counts, hold for two counts, and blow out for seven counts. The actual calming effect comes on the exhalation. So when you blow out, people think it's on the inhale, but that's not actually true. But if you utilize this type of physiology, What's going to happen is that you're going to end up using your diaphragm, so you're going to be getting deep breaths. When we're stressed and nervous and tilted, we tend to breathe very shallowly, and that just actually increases anxiety. So you want to do this deep, centered breathing in for six, hold for two, out for seven, and that will help you keep your mind your mind calm.
1: These are the five tips from Dr. Tricia Cardner heading into the World Series maybe that might help you a little bit. Uh, number one, obviously have fun. Number two, learn as much as you can. Number three, practice centering breaths. Number four, have a touchstone quote. And and this reminds me of something that uh, Bernard Lee, we, who we had on last week, uh, talked about in his deep run, that he had actually uh, some photos of his children that he would uh, constantly refer to and, and helped uh, uh, spur him on as he made a deep run, but yours are more along the lines of uh, maybe some uh, famous quotes that really can uh, inspire you?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I call them power mantras sometimes, and so basically it's just have a little quote. You know, Winston Churchill said, if you're if you're going through hell, keep going. Uh, so it could be something like that, or there's an old Japanese saying that says, fall seven, rise eight. So, you know, that's just saying no matter how many times you get knocked down, you're always going to keep getting back up. So something that's meaningful to you, you can put it on your phone or you can put it, you know, write it down on a little card or something, and you can just refer to it. Or you can do the pictures like Bernard Lee uh, did for – I remember seeing him on TV and he had the pictures of his kids. And, you know, you'd see him looking at them and, you know, I guess really reflecting on how important a deep run would be to his family.
1: Absolutely. Uh, number five is take notes, and this is obviously a Jonathan Little uh uh, something he employs, and and you wrote this obviously maybe before you knew him, I'm not sure, but uh, I know that part of his is because he's going to go back and, and talk about hands and uh, do his videos and, and uh, you know, add something to the next book. But for everybody, you don't have to be an author or a videographer to go ahead and uh, and use the notes from things that happen to refer to later and help improve your game.
3: Absolutely. You can take the notes, and then when you get home – You can use Flopzilla or Poker Stove or something like that, you know, where you can actually go through the hand and see, you know, did you make a mistake or, you know, did you do the right thing? And it can just be a great mechanism for you to learn. And I'm not saying you have to write down every hand, although if you're writing a book, that's probably wise. But for most of us, you know, a lot of the hands are just very standard. We don't need to make a note on that. But anything that's sort of outside, outside, excuse me, the realm of, you know, your comfort zone, take down those notes and then, you know, run it through some software or go over it with a friend and just see, you know, did you make the right choices or do you need to maybe make some adjustments?
1: We're talking with Dr. Tricia Cardner and uh, five interesting tips that you wrote that a couple of years ago. Anything Mm -hmm. uh, you came up with that you would might add if you were to uh, rewrite that article?
3: Gosh. Uh I'm sure know, there's a million always, other
1: things really but
3: <laughs> I'm always learning, but I would say what I'm really into right now is the idea that acceptance is the key. And so what you wanna do when you're playing poker is you wanna drop the struggle and just realize that if you look at it, suffering is really equivalent to pain times resistance. So we know there's gonna be a certain amount of pain, although you can get um, Tommy Angelo's got a new book out called Painless Poker, so I'm interested to pick that up. But in general, when you lose, there's a certain amount of pain, but you don't have to make it worse by resisting. You just have to accept that we've chosen to play a game where we are going to lose a lot of the time. And by accepting that and focusing on how you can play your best, I think you're going to get a better mindset.
1: And as far as your play goes, uh, what are your goals? You you talk about goal setting. Uh, Is it to to cash an event, to uh, make a final table, uh, or just uh, day by day play the best that you can?
3: I mean, I'm going to go day by day and play the best that I can. And for each session, I go into the session wanting to make the best possible decisions that I can make with the information that's available to me. And I'm going to be happy with that. But overriding all that, if I'm my plan is, if I do all that, and I play as well as I can, and I just keep learning and perfecting my craft. Eventually, I am gonna, you know, make final tables and hopefully make a ton of money.
1: Doctor, thank you so much for your time. Uh, the uh, The mindset of the game of poker is truly overlooked, and uh, if they follow some of your articles, whether it's on poker news. Follow your uh, podcast, uh, Poker on the Mind, or maybe even take your course, rev up your your po- poker uh, success. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the way to uh, uh, really do some of the uh, background work that you need before going out to Vegas.
3: Absolutely. So hopefully everybody takes this to heart and goes out and has a fantastic summer.
1: Or pick up one of her books, uh, Peak Poker Performance, How to Bring Your A-Game to Every Session. Or Positive Poker, a modern psychological approach to mastering the mental game. So, uh, uh, Doctor, thank you for your time. And Joe, I, I, Joe, I know, took a lot away from this. Yeah, and
2: I just wanted uh, to wish her a lot of luck out there, playing out there. So uh, thank you so much for everything that you, that you taught me today. So,
3: so I know I'm going to start using that right away. Oh, I can't wait to see the results that you start getting from it. <laughs> thank you.
1: Uh, hope to get a chance to meet you out there this summer. Uh, good luck with your play and good luck with everything that you do. Thank you so much, guys. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Dr. Trisha Cardner, uh, our guest tonight. And uh, uh, people that, uh, you know, are thoughtful enough to really look into the uh, the mental side of the game are so much farther ahead than those that just go out there and just say, hey, I'm just having fun and I'm just making a decision here and there. There's so much behind the game that uh, people don't realize.
2: Yeah. and And, you know,
1: we didn't realize this
2: back when i know i didn't even think about this this aspect of poker i thought it was just a game and you know you played step a b c d and just went along the guidelines that you were taught and you know obviously with uh, the game growing as it has over the last few years and just watching the different styles of play which now start putting you in a completely different mindset as to how you have to attack the game of poker and you know when you have people like Trisha Gardner, like Dr. Trisha Gardner, just giving you ideas and how to cope with the mental aspect, as we well know, and I know, I certainly know it very firsthand. The ups and downs, the swings of, of of poker, and getting control of your emotions, David, is the biggest, biggest problem. And as a dealer, and as a former poker room manager. I see it all the time. Absolutely. Uh,
1: If you want to check it out uh, online, uh, the last name is uh, with a C, as in cat, Cardner. uh, C-A-R-D-N-E-R, uh, not Gardner, but uh, Cardner. And uh, I wonder if she changed her name because she was uh, involved in poker. (laughs) (laughs) Great poker name. Put put the
2: card in there. Dr. Cardner. (laughs) Anyway,
1: uh, check out some of her stuff uh, either on Poker News or... uh, Uh, just search her on uh, Twitter or uh, Facebook or anywhere you can find her stuff.
2: After listening to this interview that she did with us, uh, you'd be crazy not to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We'll take one more break here on the program. We'll talk about some of the other news in the poker world when we come back. Uh, We're just a week away from the the marathon out in Las Vegas, which is uh, seven weeks of... uh, 74 bracelet events this year. We'll talk about some of the changes in uh, the World Series this year and a few other things. Mike Sexton leaving the WPT and a few other things. But we'll be back with the finish up on the show when we return.
0: This is Poker Action Line.
1: Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide and right now this game is in a play for free test mode and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips. Per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer could purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play for free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the play for real game becomes available later this year.
0: WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA full throttle drag racing series. Join Joe at 7pm Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com
1: Final segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe, our uh, special thanks to Dr. Tricia Cardner for uh, joining us for a good portion of the program. And uh, certainly we'll uh, wish her luck not only playing, but uh, we'll be following a lot of her stuff. I'm sure she'll be writing during the series and... uh, Doing some interviews with some great players, uh, she'll obviously have some access to some of the big names of the game.
2: Well, and you know, and, and a question that just just came to me right now, and I really wish I had asked the um, I wish I had asked the uh, the doctor this, but speaking with so many great clients, poker players, has she herself learned anything on as to, uh, on the playing side of it? You know, from from some well, of our I'm sure, clients?
1: Yeah, you, how could you not? But uh, <laughs> uh, she has some results on. Uh, On the different uh, results websites, Uh, I'm I'm sure she doesn't get a chance to play too often. But I know she has a final table at Binion's a few years ago in a tournament. And uh, uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, it won't be too long before we'll see her name uh, in some of the chip counts uh, in the next few weeks. That would be real nice. Uh, A couple things to talk about. We'll mention again that uh, Mike Sexton has left the WPT and immediately Uh, Tony Dunst will step right in and do the programs. They obviously finished the season down here in South Florida at the Seminole Hard Rock. And uh, the new season is underway. So uh, Mike was making making final tables anyway. He was kind of having to drop out of the broadcast a couple of times (laughs) anyway. So uh, I don't know how much they're going to miss him. But, uh, no, seriously, uh, we had fun uh, talking with Mike when he was down here. Tony is great. And uh, him and Vince have some good chemistry as well. And and certainly... uh, hopefully the wpt won't miss a beat
2: so let me yeah no this it was it came as a shock to hear that because you you think wpt you think mike Sexton and and, and vinny so
1: yeah know. uh for sure but uh you know uh it seems like a great opportunity i mean obviously party poker has been kind of out of the loop for quite some time but uh i think this may signal, signal a comeback for them
2: Hopefully this means he has some sort of insight to maybe uh online poker coming back to you that Well States. I,
1: I would hope so but uh we'll see what happens. Uh we also mentioned the uh series uh uh the World Series of Poker circuits uh schedule was released uh this week and uh we were shocked to f- not f- to not find the uh Palm Beach Kennel Club on there. They've been a part of it for 7 years. Uh, They will have 26 stops on the new schedule uh, starting uh, after the World Series of Poker in August. August 2nd through the 14th, the opening uh, will be at Harris Cherokee in North Carolina. And uh, three new venues, uh, Thunder Valley out in Sacramento. uh, The Seminole Hard Rock will be on the schedule uh, from uh, September 21st through October 2nd and then Coconut Creek will have a series in that February slot that uh the PBKC had so uh right. i guess stick the knife in and turn it a little bit but uh things move on and i'm sure that the uh, WPT does want a shot at some of the other uh uh Seminole venues here in Florida and uh, certainly uh you can't ignore the Seminoles
2: No when
0: not. it comes to
1: poker
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're the they're the big boys
2: in the room right now
1: so we'll be uh, following that this year uh, Foxwoods is back and uh Choctaw Durant, uh several others, uh, Tunica Horseshoe and uh different places. So we'll run down some of that a little later on uh, uh in the month as we get underway for the World Series. But certainly we'll uh we'll follow that as it moves along. One other story I wanted to touch on and it's kind of a light uh, thing to uh as we wind the show down, but uh there was a prop bet made by uh Matt Savage with a player out uh in Los in uh, California uh, that came out this week it's pretty funny because uh the bet was uh the this poker pro named Michael Nori had to eat one thousand dollars worth of mcdonald 's in thirty six hours. That was the bet so oh, man. is that possible? Oh. yeah, I guess
2: it is, but thousand uh, dollars <laughs> worth i don
1: 't know if it was uh one of the top uh uh, spending places uh, around the country. Obviously, they have different prices in different places depending on where the the store is located. But uh, there were several stipulations, like uh, you, uh, you could only have $200 worth of salads. Okay. So you had to eat uh, some of the crap that they serve. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not all that's crap, but no. uh, I'm just kind of joking about that. But uh, he had the 36 hours to do it, and uh, people were betting on it. There were 200,000. Dollars bet on the action uh, that were booked on bets and people that bet on Nouri were getting 5 to 1 on their money so Savage uh, stipulated this his thought was to start off with $500 worth of apple slices but he never uh, did that he uh, ordered $50 worth of them and mashed them into an applesauce <laughs> to get his start, but here's the funny thing is, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people said this is so silly. You know, why would you even try that? But uh, he made it ten hours. It was supposed to be thirty six hours. He was supposed to do a thousand dollars, and ten hours into the bet, he gave up. He uh, gave up
2: after ten hours. He
1: consumed only ninety dollars worth <laughs> of <the> fast food. <laughs> So he it failed is, miserably. He was
2: already dying at that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and some people call that pathetic, but uh, I guess until you've walked in those shoes that you may not be able to figure that out. But uh, $200,000 uh, of side action on this bet, and uh, people were laying 5-1 to one that he could not do it, and he could not. So uh, funny thing, uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of people that... Uh, put their health on the line for some of this stuff. The only
2: people I could see that could complete something like that would be a professional leader, you know, like these guys that, uh Joey uh, Chestnut, uh, you know, who does this, you know, July 4th hot dog eating thing. Yeah. Those are the only ones whose stomach are, are kind of
1: <laughs> capable of
2: doing something that, like this.
1: Well, uh, one of the stipulations was besides the salads that he could only have $200 worth of salads. He couldn't take anything off any of the items, so he had to had to eat all the onions and the pickles and uh, everything that came on the big mac and you know we know all the, we all know what's on a big mac now <laughs> after years of listening to that commercial but uh uh there's different things and i guess you know this has a, a little bit of a co- is a little bit of a commentary on poker is that there's there's so much downtime in between uh you know tournaments and that sort of thing that everybody's looking for a way to have fun and to uh, challenge each other financially we saw that one with uh has uh, Fondiari with a lunge bet, where he he had to go to the bathroom, and uh, he actually went at the table. Oh, you remember that one? No, I don't. He had to uh, lunge everywhere uh, when he walked places, so uh, uh, bend the knee at ninety degrees and and touch the ground with his other knee. So it's kind of funny, but uh, they do these things and they do these running bets and uh, things that are a little more healthy for you. You know whether you can. Uh, whether you can run fifty miles in uh, five hours or something like that, you know. But
2: uh <laughs> I, pref- I prefer last year's Big Bed. You remember that one, right?
1: The Jasons. The uh, Jason Bracer and Vanessa. Ben?
2: Yes, that, those are the ones that I like.
1: Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, it ended disastrously for uh, for Mr. Nori and uh, uh, probably, uh, rightly so. Yeah,
2: yeah. Thinking you can eat a thousand dollars at McDonald's.
1: Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, the another poker room was closed out in Vegas on the Strip, the Luxor. Uh, oh, closed, closed you know. Rooms. Recently, uh, Monte Carlo shut down their room. The Luxor only had nine rooms. But the interesting thing about the article was some of the numbers over the last few years. Uh, Hard Rock had a, a room that closed in March. They only had three tables. But uh, 22 rooms in Vegas have closed, closed over the last six years and leaves them uh, with about three dozen rooms in the city. The Strip has 18 poker rooms, 260 tables, which is down from a high of 2,007, where there were 26 poker rooms with 396 tables.
2: But that just kind of tells you it's only 300 and something tables, which, you know, you would think that number was in the thousands, wouldn't you, in Vegas? I guess, I guess. You know, when you think about that. But if you've stopped in there, and it's been a few years since I've been out to Vegas, I'm going to be out there this September. But, uh, yeah, I remember the Luxor was like a, you know, six, seven, eight-table room, um, you know, a lot of these. I, I, to be honest with you, I'm surprised that some of them haven't closed sooner. You know, because the big poker action is at the Bellagio on the Strip. You know, uh, the Aria, um, the Win. You know, the, the, the you know the, these are the places where where you go to play some either big tournaments or big cash games right. when you're out there. I mean, at least that's what I remember from a few years ago and i don't think it's changed much since
1: well while there's not a tremendous amount of growth going on out there there is uh, still 76 uh, 77.6 million dollars uh, uh that the strip area poker rooms took in from cash games last year uh which is about the same as the previous year uh and another 7 million online so uh you know there's still uh, a pretty good market out there
2: yep well like like they say the the fittest the strongest of the fittest will survive and that uh, you know If it ain't making you money, they're going to close that room down real quick. That that real estate is very valuable in the casino.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Next week on the show, we'll talk a little bit more about the World Series, which gets underway next Wednesday with the Casino Employees Tournament and uh, also the the tag team, the first tag team, the 10,000 tag team. Uh, A lot of new tournaments. We'll talk more about that next week. But uh, a lot of changes this year. I got a bunch of stuff from the World Series this week. And uh, when we don't have a guest, we'll, we'll cover that a little more next week. Uh, obviously, the TV coverage is, I'm looking forward to. Uh, the main event is going to be on ESPN and ESPN2 with the 30-minute uh, delay. And they're going to cover uh, most of the days. And stuff that is not on uh, ESPN is going to be on uh, Poker Central. So you get a chance to see the main event. They'll have some final tables streamed, uh, I'm sure, again this year. Uh, a few other things uh, changed out there for some of the players that we'll talk about next week. Uh, the ESPN set is moving to one of the other ballrooms before it was in the uh, Amazon room. Now it's going to be in Brasilia. Uh, The new clock rule change, which is uh, allowing a little less time before people can actually uh, call the clock, and uh, and the countdown will be much shorter, 40 seconds instead of a minute. Uh, And then there will be plenty of uh, changes in the live reporting with Poker News back doing that this year and some of the other tournaments. But May 31st is a $10,000 tag team. That is event number two. And then we'll follow some of the other early events, including the uh, $333 No Limit Hold'em Tournament with a $333, $333,333 guarantee with unlimited re-entries. That's on June 3rd. And then uh, the tournament that uh, Bernard Leese was giving a ticket away to is yeah. the Giant, yeah. which uh, will be Friday night starting June 9th, and all those uh, interesting uh, tournaments, uh, you know, the opening days that culminate. Later in the series with uh, day two.
2: Yep, which, which I think doesn't take place till July, right?
1: Yeah. There's also a mixed of uh, what they're calling a mixed big bet event, uh, which should be interesting. June 30th, uh, Texas Hold'em, PLO, Deuce Seven No Limit, No Limit Five Card Draw, which is uh, something that we don't see much about there. Big O, PLO High Low, and Deuce Seven Triple Draw. So uh, that's be an interesting event as well. Anyway, we'll talk more about that when we come up next week. And uh, our thanks to uh, Dr. Tricia Cardner. And uh, check out her stuff. It's great uh, to follow and uh, a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, you might want to check out that Matt Berkey article and follow that uh, uh, vlog, uh, vlog, as they call them. Uh, some interesting programs there as well. Certainly I'm going to look forward to seeing more episodes of that as well. That's going to do it for the show. Joe, thank you for the trip down uh, tr- from uh, Kendall. And, uh, Gio, we appreciate all the work you do, as usual. And we'll be back with another edition of the show next week. I'm not sure when I'm going out to Vegas. I'm uh, hoping to go out uh, bef- around the main event, but maybe I'll go before, uh, with this, since there's so much TV coverage and uh, I don't have to be there for that. So we'll see what happens uh, with the schedule down the road. We'll look forward to uh, covering it all for you on the program. Thanks for being with us. We'll see what more of the World Series next week as we get into the whole schedule of seven weeks. We'll see you then.
3: The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.